tells a little white lie there. Is that what we want to say? <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to go to this festival. Um, then he goes up. Um, but what's kind of interesting is that his brothers don't, they don't, they don't believe in him. They don't recognize, they don't see that they have God in their midst, right? Because anyone who grew up in a family knows that um, you leave your family and you become sort of your own person. And um, like, say for me, I was the, I'm the eldest of six kids and I haven't lived at home for what, 30 years nearly. And I'd say my siblings probably still think of me as the bossy big sister. And it doesn't matter what, I could become the most docile person in the world. I'm probably still always gonna be the bossy big sister. So if you grew up in a family, you know how hard it is to see. <laughs> your siblings, your parents, and no one else sees you in a, in a different um, different way generally, right? It takes, it actually takes some work to like learn who your family is, who your children are as they grow up, who your, who your siblings are, who to see your own parents as they are and not through your, your eyes of a certain relationship or a certain lens, right? So, um, and the children's theme is about seeing too. So this Lectio is about um, seeing. And so it's kind of like a, I want to make it a, a Lectio slash guided meditation slash a game called Let's Find the Sermon. <laughs> so Let's Find the Sermon means um, I want to hear from you today. So um, because I have this thought this belief in my little head that God actually, that we actually are all a necessary piece of the body and that your experience, your story, your life actually has messages for me and for everyone else. So, um, and what we need to do is see things jesus is always saying for those who've got eyes to see is he saying this to blind people no he's saying it to people who've got their eyeballs open they're like saying we do see we do hear he's like you don't see and you don't hear um and um so somebody who was all that i love and feel very inspired by is um van gogh vincent van gogh he was a seer um he painted almost always outdoors in different conditions, pouring rain storms and, and, uh, and he wrote, he had a very close relationship. Um, he, he, his original plan was actually to become a priest, um, but didn't work out for him because um, generally people who see God in such a big way have a hard time fitting into the institution of the church. Um, so he was always trying to capture something invisible in the visible. And, um, and so in that way, he was very much like a poet and he had a very, very close relationship with his brother. And so he wrote letters all the time to his brother and thankfully they've been saved. Um, and he is full of faith and full of, um, wonder, um, and, and he's, he's really like a poet. He was a poet in his painting and his poet in his letters. Um, and so, um, and this little passage, a little 
piece of from his letter will be what we're going to do a lectio today on. Um, and so reminder or for anyone who doesn't know, I think most everybody here has probably been through a lectio divina. It means divine reading and um, it's reading, you know, traditionally starts with the Bible. So rereading pieces of Bible that you may be familiar with, but to just see them in the new way. And it, it helps us to go deeper. It helps us to hear God and to hear ourselves. Um, and so uh, just a reminder that there's sort of three readings. And for the first one, we listen for um, just a word, a word or a phrase um, that speaks to us from the, the, the passage. Uh, the second one, and so we'll have a kind of like a minute of silence, and then hopefully everyone will kind of just, you can just kind of unmute and everybody can just kind of say words out. And then we'll read again, and um, this second time, and I'll remind you at the point, um, we're, you're going to listen for an, a sensory impression um, or how your life is touched. I encourage everyone today to, especially because we're doing embodiment, to really listen to their body and just what do they feel and, and what emotion or whatever arises more than sort of a, a thought. Um, and, uh, and then the th and we'll have a few minutes of silence for you to kind of listen for that. And then I'll read it again the third time and um, we'll listen for an invitation from spirit for the next few days and, and share. But I really like to hear from people today because as I said, I really think that God gives us our stories to share our stories pay attention and to be amazed and to tell about it. Um, so. Um, and, and you'll prompt people. And I will time, prompt you to for silence and prompt you for the listening and, and then the sharing. So um, I do have it actually, Tay's got the slides just so you can um, read it too, if that's a little easier to, to have it read or read it as I'm reading. Um, and then, uh, and then, um, listen for a minute. So just take a few deep breaths. And hear the word from spirit that is addressed to you today. Um, listening for a word or a phrase. How much good it does a person if one is in a gloomy mood to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves. Yet, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something in which one can see God, one needn't look far. I thought I saw something deeper, more infinite, <coughs> more eternal than an ocean in the expression in the eyes of a baby. When it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs because it sees the sun shine into its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there. Matt's just gonna read it so you can hear it again. How much good it does a person if one's in a gloomy mood to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves. Yeah, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something in which one can see God, one needn't look far. I thought I saw something 
deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean, in the expression in the eyes of a baby, when it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs because it sees the sun shining to its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there. Let's take a minute of silence for you to listen for a word that speaks to you. Now I invite you to unmute and share, just, you can just share, pop out words if there's anything has spoken to you. What spoke to me was um, one needn't look far. Yeah, same thing for me, one needn't look far. Kind of popped out for me was a need for something great. Eyes of a baby. The eyes of a baby. A ray from on high. Uh, deeper, more infinite. Something in which one can see God. The waves. No one else? Thank you. We'll try again, Anna. Did Anna say something? I meant when I spoke at the same time. I said, see God. See God. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to read it again. Um, and after this reading, I'll give you just a, a couple more minutes of silence, like maybe three or something to, to kind of listen and listen to. And, um, I'm going to read this one again, and Matt will read it twice just so we can hear it again. Um, for yeah how your life is touched or receive a sensory impression an emotion a feeling in your body um even if the feeling is just like peace or wonder it can be a single word or it can be a story sometimes a dream comes up or an experience that's great too so um and i if you're willing to share then we'll have a little chance to share it at the in the middle so um 
Listen again to the words for how your life is touched or receive a sensory impression. How much good does a person, if one is in a gloomy mood, to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves? Yet, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something into which one can see God, one needn't look far. I thought I saw something deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean in the expression in the eyes of a baby when it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs because it sees the sun shine into its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there. How much good it does a person, if one is in a gloomy mood, to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves. Yet, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something in which one can see God, one needn't look far. I thought I saw something deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean. In the expression in the eyes of a baby, when it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs, because it sees the sun shine into its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there.
Um, I invite you to unmute again and um, anyone would like to share how their life was touched or what sensory impression they had or just anything, um, please feel free. I, I was just, um, it reminded me kind of of something, um, you know, that's been basically dec decades long experience as much as I love to, to go out and see what God has made and admire it. Um, I have discovered, you know, way, way back that I don't need to go anywhere because he is right here. He's with me wherever I am. He is there. So, yeah, so that's what this kind of reminded me of. That's what it speaks of to me. Thanks, Anna. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am. Um... I was very deeply struck with awe of the whole phrase, deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean in the expression, um, in the eyes of a baby. And I was just the juxtaposition, the, the extreme of how deep and wide and vast the ocean is, deeper than the Marianas Trench is the love of Christ, says Ephesians 3. And then when you look at a baby who has not yet sinned, a newborn baby who smells like heaven, I think, and you look into their eyes in such innocence, and it just causes me awe, absolute gobsmacked awe. Thanks, Rose. Thanks, Rose. Same passage for me as Rose, and I just thought I've, I've plied the same waters as uh, the Musqueam. And as Labeltooth, I've paddled those waters and and God is much bigger and older than those waters we paddled. <clears throat> and and I thought of you know the eyes of a baby and um, terms of endearment and how we call our significant other baby sometimes. Mm. The why? Why do we do that? Mm because of a mother's love for that baby it's it's it seems to be infinite and, it, and then god's love is even deeper than that so that's kind of just so big and awesome kind of like the same same theme as, as you rose i'll go while we're unmuted okay so i was the the waves the lines of the waves so it kind of tied a couple things so one of the first times we went to tofino um i was having my morning coffee just kind of sitting on this log and it was one of the first times I really felt that was God talking to me. And I just, something about that connection where, you know, the next thing is like Japan or whatever. It's like, there's nothing out there, but just how powerful the waves are. And it, when Sandra, you first read it, what struck me about the waves was the undercurrent. Mm -hmm and how the undercurrent pulls away the old and it just kind of keeps bringing in and how, yeah, our family, for me, my family and friends back home, they see me like that old person that, or that person I was when I was 18. They don't see me as the 59 year old um, that, you know, where my life has been touched by all of you and Christ. And so just feeling the power of how that undercurrent has pulled away some of that old, even though 
it does kind of keep rising back to the top, but there's always this fresh newness as well. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Scott and Kim. I was reminded, uh, maybe even convicted of my tendency to compartmentalize, thinking, oh, that's not a spiritual thought or that's not a spiritual insight, that's just a natural thing or that kind of thing, instead of seeing God in everything. I mean, I know that, but I don't always know it in my experience. So it was a really good reminder of Christ's presence in everything around us. Thanks, Thank you. I wanted to say something about the eyes of the baby, or a baby. Um, Van Gogh, I don't know if he had children, but um, yeah, so he, when he says a baby, but when it's your baby, it's my baby, and you look into the eyes of your baby, and your baby knows you, like right from when they come out. And the baby looks at your eyes, and you look at the baby's eyes, and, and you look into each other, and there's this profound merging and this sense of delight and love and just a merging and a, a pure love for each other. And you take your little baby when they're just new and you realize this is your baby and you look into their eyes and they look into your eyes and that's that's God's presence for sure. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. I um I thought I had a couple of thoughts that came to mind as you read again this time. And the first one was when I was a kid and I was with my dad at a waterfall on Vancouver Island. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a man of deep faith, but doesn't talk about it a whole lot. And we were standing at this waterfall, just quiet. And then he said, how anybody can look at that and not believe in God is beyond me. And it stayed with me. And I was thinking about how much just that one statement of my dad saying that had stayed with me through so many challenging times. And then I thought about how when Sonny was a baby, um, we had Sonny's crib in the same room as ours and Sonny would wake up singing. And I didn't tell anybody at the time because when you have a new baby and you hang out with other moms, like the things you bond over are the hard times you're having with your baby. Like, oh, my baby didn't sleep or this. And I would feel almost embarrassed that I had a baby with such a happy disposition that they would wake up singing. Um, but, you know, when... Sunny felt like Sunny was supposed to be a new name. We were, we were all like, yeah, that's accurate. But I was so in awe of that. Like it was such an incredible thing. And I felt like, yeah, I want to share that now. Like it's a different season. It's not like saying about my baby didn't go to sleep. Like, oh, well, my baby woke up singing. Like it was, but every day Sunny would wake up and you, you would hear Sunny start. And then it was amazing. It was just amazing. And so Sandra, I thought today about your suggestion of where does it sit in your body? Where do those feelings sit in your body? 
And it was so amazing because I've been doing some therapy in the last two years around where emotions sit in your body. So I know that my anxiety and my fear sits in the center of my chest. But what was so interesting was when I was thinking about those memories that really have rooted my faith in God, like these really core memories. It's so interesting. It sat just lower, like just under where fear and anxiety is like those. And it really felt rooted. And I thought, whoa, those memories of seeing God's goodness in that waterfall or hearing it in Sonny's song as a baby, like are rooted lower. So that was a really cool revelation this morning to think those things are there too. Because when I feel that fear in my body, sometimes I can be like, oh, I'm just carrying around this anxiety in my body. But it's like, oh, what a neat discovery this morning to realize I'm carrying around those, that rootedness of that goodness of those things that have carried me too. So that was a cool discovery. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thanks, Joanna. Nice. The expression that stuck out for me was the uh, need for something great, need for something great. And uh, the impression I had in was just a feeling of hope. And whenever I have that sensation, I just feel like I'm just, my shoulders go back and it's just like my chest comes out. I'm just taking a deep breath. And uh, so I just feel a sensation of hope. I feel like I do have a need for something great. And that uh, that need is not overlooked. And that uh, I can have hope in that desire and in that need because God's going to fulfill it. I think Rick was trying to share. Okay. Yeah. Hey. If anyone's. Yeah. Um, I was struck by the uh, word infinite because sometimes I feel very finite and grateful for Jesus. That... Okay. I'll mute. Oh, that, was that it, Rick? Uh, yes, I'm a I'm a journalist. I'm very succinct. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Is there anybody else? I can't actually see everybody. So, um, if there's anyone else, now is your time. Yeah, I had a thought. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. I appreciate everybody's story because um, it does bring back lots of different memories. But for me, I think it takes me back to the ocean. Uh, just actually um, two days ago, I think. As the ocean or the forest, the nature really brings um, healing, I find, to the spirit. So, because um, when I was riding along the seaside, well, the ocean you can get, but I felt, I guess with the heat wave, it affected my hypothalamus. So it threw all the, the centers out, the systems, the neurological and even breathing and shortness of breath, which I hardly ever get, and high, higher blood pressure and just out of whack, eating, digestive, everything. So anyway, I was going through the ride and then the ocean, just the water was the, the breeze was so refreshing just 
I could feel my nostrils open and my lungs just coming alive. And I could, in the wind, I could hear God's whispers. So I think it's, yeah, there's something about nature. There's just, I appreciate that. So thank you. I just wanted to share that because on the way to my appointment, everything was fine along the sandy beach and soil, the, 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 the trail. But on the way back, I had the flat tire on a flat road where it shouldn't have happened. So I was protected. So anyway, I really enjoyed that ocean ride. So thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Jen. So thanks for letting us share our stories. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks. Is there anyone else? Going once, going twice. I'll share what I what came to mind for me. Um, yeah, uh, well, two things came to mind. One is a little postcard I bought with um, Arabic script on it, and it has a Islamic proverb. And in it, it says, um, I, I will hide myself in the heart of a human being because it's the only place they'll not think to look for me. And um, I've always really loved that proverb. Um, and then the eyes of a baby also really speaks to me um, <laughs> because I am one of those baby lovers and not so much for the actual, like, you know, not from like sort of the mothering perspective, but just to me, babies are like a literal screaming, smiling, hot symbol of God's hope that even though the world feels like darkness so much, God keeps putting people into it <laughs> because he just can't not. Um, I really think of God as an artist, um, not because I paint, but because of the garden and, and just that God loves so much. Just God loves so much. He loves thousands of kinds of grasses and thousands of kinds of trees and hundreds and thousands of kinds of fish. Like it's just, God can't not create. It just, it's always flowing. And creation wasn't a single event. It's like an evolving event. It's still, it's still unfolding. It's still greening. And um, so I've always loved babies because they symbolize to me that God's like, hey, it looks dark, but every, I, I just want to keep pouring out life. And that's what he does and tangible life in babies. And so one of my feet, my favorite things about mothering certainly aren't the things like brush your teeth and go clean your room and <laughs> those kinds of things. And, oh God, supper again. Um, it's actually a lot. What I've loved about having my own babies was how much touching it involves. Um, and uh, the physical intimacy of somebody who lives off your body. And um, so I remember um, having Judah in the shower. I used to love, um, taking my little naked baby and us just being in the water. And there's just something so beautiful about that. Just their little softness and you soak them up and get them slippery. And, and it was just such a delicious luxury, you know, um, and so simple. And, um, and I just, this one time actually stands out for me, even though I did it lots of times, but there's this one time when Judah's probably six, seven, eight months or something. And we were just looking at each other, like how Helen was speaking, just that looking into each other. And 
yeah, there's love and there's pride. But I, in Judah's eyes, he was old enough now that, you know, he was sort of communicating in a sense. And he just looked at me this one day with so much trust, like just like my whole being is open to you. And I think that's the moment I got fear of the Lord because it was like someone is giving me their whole self. And it was amazing, like beautiful, like me, that I am given this responsibility and I wanted to love him better than I loved anything or anyone. And then there was just like the awesome responsibility of a whole person putting their whole self leaning on to me. And I, I could literally just drop him in the tub and uh, he could land the wrong way and I could have killed him. Um, and, you know, or just the millions of times that like, you just don't, you know, that a kid can, they really feel like they do have guardian angels because you're like, oh my God, how did you not just die right there? You know, um, or how did that car not just hit you? Or, um, and it was just, just this awesome, but also just that this, I had this soul, I had this spirit that wasn't my responsibility, but that we were together and that my life and my, the way I lived and did things would touch his soul and spirit. And that felt like an awesome responsibility. This was slightly terrifying. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, God is literally in every moment. Um, and I just, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I actually get a physical sensation when I listen to everybody share. Um, I get, I can actually like feel my heart like aching kind of. There's this like, like I can feel my heart. And um, yeah, I just feel like God is, is everywhere. And um, the more you see God, it's like the more you see God. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the more we love, like I just, was explained to my kids that love's not like an amount in a bank and I, I can love up this much and then it's gone. Um, so if I give one love to one kid, it doesn't mean it took up some love for the other one that they're never going to get. I was like, it's like the more you love, the more you love, you know, and the more we see God and the more we see God in each other and um, the more we see God in even every circumstances of our life, the more we're going to see God. Um, hopefully we'll start to see God in our own lives, in our own experience, in our own body, in our own hearts, in our own mind, in our thoughts, that my thoughts suddenly were inspired by the Lord. And my, my experience is, is the word of God to me. And my story is a word of God to me and to others that I can share and that we can be nurtured by um yeah so that's my version of find the sermon is to hear it from each piece of the body so um just yeah part of, the body. part of the body so i um yeah just uh let's, let's keep looking for god so in that vein we'll read the um
thing, one invitation. Listening for an invitation, on, off. Um, so I like to remind my home group that this is an invitation to, you know, reshape the rest of your life. This is just an invitation for this afternoon or the next few days. Um, God's cool with you taking one step at a time and, and he's the one always working, right? Um, so carrying it on to completion carrying it on to completion so i i just invite you to take another deep breath and breathe in the spirit and listen for an invitation for the next few days and i'll give you a minute to after to just or a couple minutes in silence to listen how much good it does a person if one is in a gloomy mood to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves. Yet, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something in which one can see God, one needn't look far. I thought I saw something deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean, in the expression in the eyes of a baby, when it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs because it sees the sun shine into its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there. How much good it does a person if one is in a gloomy mood to walk on the empty beach and look into the gray green sea with the long white lines of the waves. Yet, if one has a need for something great, something infinite, something in which one could see God, what did look for? I thought I saw something deeper, more infinite, more eternal than an ocean in the expression in the eyes of a baby when it wakes in the morning and crows or laughs because it sees the sun shine into its cradle. If there is a ray from on high, it might be found there.
Great. Um, okay, you can stop sharing the screen, <laughs> please. Um, so if anyone would like to share their invitation, they can. I can give a minute or we won't be doing breakout groups. We're doing one big breakout right here. Um, my invitation, I can start, is um, to move towards to move more towards what I love. Mm. Um, I spend some of my days doing, you know, mundane tasks that must be done. And then some of my days doing things that feel like they must be done <laughs> and probably aren't necessarily necessary. Um, and there's no life in that. Um, and so God is in the things we love, um, where our heart leans, um, I think is how God speaks to us too. And, um, so yeah, my invitation is to move more my time, my actually to put my time and my energy more into the things that I love because that brings life to me. My invitation is um, to be still and listen for the crow or the laugh. Um, I'm, Sandra knows this, I, I'm working on silence. <laughs> and um, Hebrews 7.25 says that God, Jesus lives to make intercession for us. And we can't hear that if we're not still. So I, I do, I've felt this last week, um, God's invitation to be still, to just go prostrate on the floor and be still and listen. And as a prophet who hears very easily um, in the everyday, it's amazingly hard to hear his intercession when you're prostrate on the floor, but that's what he's asking me to do. Thanks, Rose. Anyone else feel you don't have to? I felt my invitation was to go frolic in the waves. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy. I'll share something. Um, <laughs> I guess it's kind of the feeling thing as well as the invitation. But uh, June's been an extraordinarily busy month for me, and I haven't had time to really feel anything i've just been doing a lot 
and I'm a feeling person, <laughs> as you probably know. So it feels like this welling up that's coming. And I've actually been longing to go to an empty beach. <laughs> um, because there'd be space there for everything that's in me. I've probably been told in the past that, well, I know I have, that I'm too much, that I take up too much space. And this my emotions do. And so I felt like God's invitation to me this morning is that I don't have to go to the beach, that there is space right here. Right here with you, but also just right here in my living room that I don't have to go somewhere else. So I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. All right. Thank you so much for sharing, everybody. Um, yeah, I've seen God in everybody today.